nearly two decades. The award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and also as a podcast on iTunes. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today. I appreciate it. Hope your weekend's going well. A good program for you. A lot of interesting uh, developments from this past week. So we'll be talking about deals, top stories, earnings. Uh, really kicked off the new earnings season. So I'll let you know uh, how that went. And also I'll be talking uh, with my guest this morning, Mr. Uh, David Almasi. And um, he is a vice president at the uh, National Center or, yeah, the National Center. That's right. Um, and um, really interesting what he did. He actually purchased one share of stock in Walt Disney and was able to connect directly with the CEO and ask him some tough questions. And I'm going to tell you, and he's going to tell you, I should say, how he did that. So uh, really interesting there, the difference that you can make with a lot of these uh, goofy uh CEOs and CFOs and boards of directors that um, uh, are really kind of uh, flying off the handle these days. And uh, interesting how he was able to, again, get this CEO uh, have his back up against the wall. Um, so that's coming up in just a little bit. We did have uh, some deals this week, uh, especially sizable deal that I'll start with. And that was Microsoft saying on Monday that it would buy uh, the artificial intelligence and speech technology firm known as Nuance Communications. This is about a $16 billion deal, uh, and it helps Microsoft build out their, their, uh, cloud strategy for healthcare and their enterprise customers. Um, the deal comes after the companies partnered in 2019 to automate clinical administrative work such as documentation and as Microsoft tries to extend its leadership in uh, vertical cloud solutions in major industries, including healthcare. So according to Microsoft's CEO, he was saying that uh, the acquisition will bring their technology directly into the physician and patient loop, which is central to all healthcare delivery. It's also going to expand their leadership in cross-industry enterprise artificial intelligence and biometric security. So Nuance uh, is known for pioneering speech technology and helping launch Apple's assistant Siri. And, uh, they've been doubling down on healthcare and enterprise AI, uh, in the, uh, the most recent past. So they have operations in about 28 countries. Um, they reported about one and a half billion dollars in revenue, uh, last year. And the company says that they serve 77% of U.S. hospitals, providing intelligence solutions, including clinical speech uh, recognition, medical transcription, and also medical imaging. So this is some interesting stuff, and uh, it'll be fun to watch to see how well or how not so well uh, Microsoft handles uh, this new uh, tie-up. Also, the Tropicana Las Vegas Hotel and Casino uh, obviously, uh, a namesake out in Sin City is being sold to a new entrant among Las Vegas Boulevard Resort owners, Bally's. So Bally's uh, announced Tuesday they're going to acquire um, the uh, gaming and leisure properties for about $308 million. 
Um, so that was a, a you know decent sized deal as well. Um, looking at some of the top stories of this week, uh, it was interesting to learn that money managers are worried about, uh, and I'm talking about big money managers, by the way, are worried about Biden's spending plans that have been announced and how that could derail the momentum seen in markets and the economy. This was a survey that was released by uh, Bank of America. So the economy is expected to have in the second quarter grown about 4.9% quarter over quarter. That's the fastest since the third quarter of 2020. And the pickup in economic activity, which has occurred following this crazy amount of spending and other type of monetary, uh, you can call it manipulation or stimulus, they call it stimulus, um, has big money investors worried about the impact of those policies, and I can see why. A net 74% of the uh, survey uh, said that uh, bond market taper tantrum could happen. Uh, you've got them worried about inflation, higher taxes, and those are the kind of things that pose the biggest uh, risk to the markets. So uh, the the bank surveyed 117 participants between April 6th and April the 12th. And uh, again, you know, investors worry what would the amount uh, to more than five trillion dollars of spending, you know, that that's going to bring back inflation. Um, and the other thing is, it's just it's not real stimulus. It's uh, it's just political power. Uh, we saw that with the last supposedly covid bill, which was not a covid bill. And now we're seeing it with infrastructure, which really is an infrastructure. Um, they're just re- redefining what infrastructure is, which is uh, hopefully most people will see through that and uh, be able to, you know, have a clear head and. And look and see what's really happening as opposed to just listening or being told because they are two different things. Um, we also saw that uh, Wall Street corporations made a record $2.9 billion in total political contributions over the course of the last election cycle. So firms were spending about $4 million every day over the course of two years on uh, campaign contributions, lobbying efforts, um, just they, they basically they spent uh, much more than what they did in uh, the last election back in 2016. So um, and you know what's really interesting? So this there's this false narrative uh, that's been out there forever. You probably are aware of this, but, um, you know, the the Republican fat cats on Wall Street who uh, control all the politicians and um, uh, lobby them to make sure that they're protected and their uh, status, their elite status remains remains the same, blah, blah, or gets better. You know, you hear, you've heard that for years and years and years. Well, guess what? Of that money I mentioned, 53% of it went to Democrats, 47% went to Republicans. So that just proves... The false narrative. Um, you may remember me saying that both Hillary Clinton and Biden in, you know, Clinton in 16, Biden in 20, um, received a tremendous amount more from Wall Street than President Trump did. It was, there was, it wasn't even close. So, uh, like I said, that's just a false narrative. 
Um, and I love pointing it out because for the people that try to kind of beat that drum, it just, uh, that whole argument literally blows up in their face. And, um, and, you know, you can see it for what it really is when some of this information is disclosed because of, um, campaign, um, contributions, disclosures. So one of the things we're going to talk about in a little while with my guest, as I mentioned how he was able to get a hold of the uh, CEO at Disney, but you know, this week we saw hundreds of major companies and executive leaders. Uh, I'm talking about Amazon, Google, Netflix, uh, Berkshire Hathaways, Warren Buffett actually signed a statement that was released on Wednesday opposing any discriminatory legislation that makes it harder for people to vote. So the statement appeared as advertisements in, here's a big surprise, the New York Times and the Washington Post uh, marks one of the largest ever political mobilizations by the business sector, which is facing growing pressure from the left and the, the you know, the radicals and the progressive uh, progressives to take a stance on these certain hot bush button issues. So they already have the media uh, in their pocket. And we've known that for years. And now these uh, businesses um, actually, we're not we're going to talk about it today, but we're also going to talk about it in, in another form next uh, Saturday as well, because this is really important. So these corporations target Bank of America, Starbucks, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, um, American Airlines. Then you had some of the executives like Warren Buffett, Michael Bloomberg, Larry Fink, which if you don't recognize Larry Fink, don't feel bad. Uh, Larry Fink is the CEO of BlackRock, which is a big money manager, uh, the largest actually. And he's just a political wannabe. I mean, he's, it's so obvious when you read and watch this guy as I have over the years, never met him. Um, but you know, he thought for sure he was going to be Hillary Clinton's treasury secretary and he just keeps falling short. He keeps getting passed over, but you know, he wants to jump up and down uh, like a lot of these CEOs and you know, these people want you to pay attention to them and to think that they're important and that, you know, they know better than, than you do too. That's also um, another part of it, but more than 350 different voting bills are under consideration in dozens of States. Why? To bring back uh, election integrity, everybody knows that, or at least everybody that's honest. Um, you, you're seeing that um, a lot of these facts that are coming out from the last election where uh, voter rolls are being cleared from because of the dead people on them. And um, there's some investigative uh, uh, research done. I want to say it's in Wisconsin right now waiting you know, for that. Um, the video stuff that you see. The uh, drop boxes, the stopping of counting ballots and dismissal of certain people from the room. Um, everybody knows that last election was just a total mess. And um, really, you know, the whole process lost a lot of credibility, a, a ton of credibility, actually. So, um, you know, these thank goodness, these uh, state legislatures are saying, hey, we need to fix this. So that it doesn't happen again, um, and that things are actually done correctly. And, uh, of course, if you say that, then they're going to say that, I don't know, any ism, you know, you're, it's racism, it's whatever, which of course there's no truth to that whatsoever. One man, one woman, one vote. It's really simple. This isn't rocket science. 
Um, and the whole ID thing that they're saying, um, you know, again, is whatever um, racism or whatever it might be. Uh, that's just that, that's idiot talk. And, and they know that. But that's what they're pushing. And, you know, for some people, unfortunately, the more they hear that, the more it saturates their brain. And the more that they may believe it, uh, thank goodness most uh, aren't thinking that way. Uh, it was interesting after all those people signed the pledge and, you know, put their company out there. Um, a former CEO of American Express, uh, Harvey Golub, basically said the nation's top corporate leaders would be wise to stay silent on hot button political issues. You know, he warned that companies could get trapped in a cycle that forces them to speak out on controversial subjects. So this guy was a CEO of American Express from 93 to 2001. He said that uh, companies should not get involved in a public way in issues that are political in nature if they're divisive and unrelated to their businesses. Thank goodness. Right. Just common sense. Shut up and make my pair of shoes or. Make my cup of coffee or whatever else it is. I don't need to hear anything else from you. I don't need to see some stupid T-shirt or some uh, saying on your mask. You know, I mean, it's real simple for me. I mean, I don't engage with those companies. And another thing you see, you know, with uh, various TV programs and advertising, which we all have to remember that. Madison Avenue advertisers, they're just the Hollywood of the East. That's all. That's all they are. So they're forcing these the pictures on these commercials to try to get you to think that things are normal or natural or whatever it might be. That's so cool to have that remote in your hand when that happens like I do. I'm quick draw McGraw, man. I can get rid of that so I don't have to see that nonsense immediately with my remote. By going to another channel. So I thought that Mr. Gula made very good uh, comments and, and just had a lot of sensible things to say. We also saw this week on the political side, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas arguing Thursday that big corporations are becoming the woke enforcers of the Democratic Party. Uh, he was, you know, talking about all these things that are going on and actually said that he's calling for Major League Baseball's decades-old antitrust exemption to be revoked. So Senator Cruz and Senator Mike Lee, also a Republican um, of Utah, both uh, were saying that MLB, you know, after they said they're relocating the All-Star game from Georgia to uh, Colorado, that um, their antitrust exemption should be uh Reversed. Now, this has been in place since 1922, in case you didn't know this, when the Supreme, the, excuse me, the Supreme Court, uh, they had a decision that ruled that the league is a sport and not a business. Well, guess what? The NFL, the NBA, National Hockey League, they don't have that same exemption. So now the, uh, mas- uh, Major League Baseball, the, you know, the commissioner, who wants to be again, you know, look at me, I'm doing what's right, you know, don't bother me. Um, and I'm going to keep my, uh, membership at Augusta. Um, y- you know, they're making, they're, they're pushing the envelope. I hope they do lose that exemption and I hope it hurts them. That would be great. 
I mean, that would be a really, really good thing to see. You know, something that was uh, that also happened this week that if you've been with us over the years, obviously we covered. Uh, Bernie Madoff, you know, the former fraudster uh, who was in charge of and created the biggest Ponzi scheme in history, some $65 billion. He died in federal prison um, on Wednesday, I believe it was. So he was 82 years old. He was arrested back in 2009 for his role in orchestrating that uh, massive Ponzi scheme. He was sentenced to 150 years in prison. Um, he faced multiple charges from investment advisor fraud, mail fraud, wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, false statements, perjury, you name it. And this guy did it. And, you know, it was amazing. Not only did he do it to people he didn't know, but he created that uh also from from friends and it just destroys destroyed people's lives but he got the former walt disney chairman uh jeffrey katzenberg he got uh the actor kevin bacon he got the former radio and tv host larry king director steven spielberg former uh philadelphia eagle owner um a former senator the actress, Jaja Gabor, I mean, you name it, and this guy was taking money and just running this Ponzi scheme for years. And uh, he's gone. And, you know, I mean, I'm talking he really uh, did a lot of damage. And the one example that was so sad that, you know, we've talked about all this stuff over the years on the on the program here, the Your Financial Editor program, you know, his wife now is living with um, his uh, ex-daughter-in-law. And why is the daughter-in-law an ex-daughter-in-law? Because Bernie Madoff's son, Mark, took his own life. So um, on the two-year or the second anniversary of the arrest of his uh, father, uh, Mark Madoff, took his life and left his dad a note telling him that it was his fault, you know, that he destroyed everybody's lives and it was all his fault. And he couldn't deal with it anymore. And unfortunately, um, yeah, he took his life. So sad, sad story. Um, and, you know, that chapter is over. He's gone now um, at 82. Um, the latest complimentary uh, takeaway for you, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, the value of an objective opinion. Why objective financial advice is important. Um, it's a nice read, not very long, but has some good information and uh, facts in there for you. MurrayFinancialGroup.com. And uh, just click on the button and you'll get an instant complimentary download. And we'll be back in a minute. WFMD.
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, at uh, uh, you can get it as a podcast on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and uh, search for uh, your financial editor, and it'll come up there for you. Well, I mentioned at the beginning of the program uh, that we um, uh, earnings season kicked off. That was one of the big deals of this week. The major banks got us going. Um, so we heard from the biggies like J.P. Morgan, whose first quarter results on Wednesday uh, just showed that they're doing a phenomenal job during the virus. Um, also, it was helpful that individuals have a whole lot of money. They're flush. Um, they're in good financial shape. We've talked in the past about how net worth has been increasing uh, for Americans and um, even in some areas that, uh, of course, last year you wouldn't have thought. But um, that was spillover, too, because of the great uh, economy that we had in place before the virus made its way here uh, from China and uh, really just upended uh, everything. Uh, not only took lives and made people sick and caused misery, but, you know, piece of people, excuse me, going out of business and um, being told who's essential and who's non-essential, which is the stupidest thing. Um, and then, of course, you had just total self-inflicted pain uh, because of the, the mandatory uh, shutdowns and, and whatnot. Anyway, uh, JP is the biggest U.S. bank. It sailed past Wall Street expectations, reported a nearly 400% increase in quarterly profit. So one of the things uh, that really helped them is they released over $5 billion that they had set aside to cover potential uh, virus loan losses that have not materialized, thank goodness. Um, Goldman Sachs also out on Wednesday. They sailed past uh, Wall Street profit expectations. They had a boom in capital markets activity. Uh, management was suggesting the bank might even set more ambitious targets moving forward. Uh, Wells Fargo, who's really been in the doghouse the last handful of years, they also uh, exceeded profit expectations. So they reduced bad loan provisions. They reined in cost. And uh, they're just trying to get that sales practice scandal that's dogged them for nearly five years behind them. So, um, you know, profits at the country's fourth largest lender rebounded to nearly $5 billion in the quarter. So that was good to see. Citigroup, I think that was the next day they came out. They just trounced first quarter profit expectations. Um, thank goodness, you know, the economy's uh, opening back up, and that was a real uh, benefit for Citigroup. Bank of America reported a jump in first quarter profit that breezed past estimates as it released reserves. Also, like J.P. Morgan did, uh, they had about $2.7 billion in reserves that for bad uh, loans because of the virus that uh, they released. So, yeah, they really got us going. It was good to see. It was some good stuff. Um, as far as economic data, not so good to see the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, up to an eight-and-a-half-year uh, high. So um, this is inflation, and this is what I was mentioning a while ago that people are worried about, including big money managers. The Consumer Price Index was up six-tenths of one percent last month, the uh, biggest gain we've seen since August of 2012. A 9.1% surge in gasoline prices accounted for nearly half of the increase. Gasoline prices were up just shy of six-and-a-half percent 
in February. So thanks for uh, putting the kibosh on um, domestic energy independence, you idiots who uh, did that. Uh, now we're already seeing the pain. And as I always remind people and have over the decades, who does this hurt? Poor people. People on fixed incomes. Single moms. You know, if you've got to go somewhere, you've got to go somewhere. And you need to put gasoline in your vehicle. And if energy prices go up, which they were going down, but, you know, uh, going up, then it's an immediate tax on you. There's no way around it. So just another extremely foolish move uh, that's driving energy prices up. Um, also, you know, we saw our budget deficit hit records in uh, March. Um, the U.S. government, i.e. you, the taxpayer, I should say, posted a March budget deficit of $660 billion. So, you know, just word to the wise, make sure you don't run your household that way or your business that way because it doesn't work. Um, but the government is getting away with it, with this stupid spending um, that's not even on what they say it's on. So really a shame to see that. We saw some pent-up demand. Um, retail sales were up by about the most we've seen in 10 months. So retail sales were up 9.8% last month, the largest increase since May 2020. And uh, that was really good to see. And hopefully that will continue as people get out and live their lives and spend their money and do what they want to do. Um, that's just a, a great thing to see. So a uh, quick break. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, my guest, Mr. David Almasi, about how he was able to corner the CEO of Walt Disney, and he only owns one share of stock. <laughs> You know I'm a dreamer. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, as a podcast on iTunes. Uh, thanks so much for being with us uh, this weekend. I appreciate it. If you're new to the program, welcome. Uh, if you've been with us uh, in the you know recent uh, past, you know, and you joined us, thanks so much. And if you've been with us since 1997, uh, obviously, when we started the program, then we've come a long way. And that's because of you, the listeners. Uh, we know that um, we, you know, we've got people all over the country now that have moved out of the Mid-Atlantic area. So thanks so much for uh, making us uh, 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 what we are. You know, I'm not going to say successful because that's uh, boasting and I definitely don't want to do that. But uh, any credit is uh, is to you, not to uh, to me or, or what we do here behind the scenes. Um, as I mentioned, my guest this morning, Mr. David Almasi, uh, he serves as vice president of the National Center for Public Policy Research. Previously, he actually served as the National Center's uh, executive director and director of media. Um, and uh, he's a graduate of Northwestern University, where he earned a Bachelor of Arts 
degree in political science with a specialization in both um, American government and comparative political systems. So we're going to get his take on uh, current events and also really interesting article, and we'll tell you how to get it. It's a great article to read that he penned. Uh, it's titled Making a Difference with One Share of Stock, how he was able to get the CEO of Walt Disney's back up against the wall. So we'll talk about that. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on and, and to join us today. And, um, you know, if you would, just tell us a little bit about what the National Center does. Well, the National Center has been around since the early 80s, and we try to find places where the conservative movement is not as strong as it should be, and we insert ourselves in that process. So we've been doing things like environmental regulations, uh, we've done medical health care issues back when those were not popular, we have our group Project 21, which is Black Conservatives, and then what we're going to be speaking about today, which is our uh, right now our most active, which is the Free Enterprise Project, which is conservative shareholder activism. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, you guys are doing a lot of good work, and um, and and I appreciate that, and I'm sure a lot of other folks do too. Um, and you know, we heard this week um, from a lot of CEOs and uh, various. Uh, corporations that have inserted themselves uh, directly now uh, i mean it was pretty apparent before they did it but now it's it, it's it's right in your face um talking about uh voting reforms and things of that nature uh they took out a full page i think it was two pages actually in washington mm -hmm. post and the new york times and some just signed the company's name uh, others uh, and those companies, Amazon, Google, Netflix, uh, but you also had, um, you know, some individual signing, uh, Michael Bloomberg, yeah, Larry Fink, you know, some people like that. Mm -hmm. So what's your take on that? Do you think that's smart or uh, extremely unsmart for some of these uh, companies and their leadership to do? Well, they th they certainly think it's smart right now, but they have to realize that, Right now, we're setting up almost like a civil war. We're almost in like a cold civil war between the right and the left of this nation. And the woke masses have been doing their slow walk through all of America's institutions, and now they've gotten to corporations. I mean, we know that they've been through academia. We know that they've been through Hollywood, the church, etc. Now we're seeing that they've actually been able to get into the corporations, and they're using these corporations as their muscle to get through policies that they might not get otherwise. And in the case of Georgia, um, they did this actually in Georgia a couple of years ago and were successful uh, with religious freedom, is that they're trying to say, we as the business community will serve as another way to counter what's going on with the legislature. The legislature a couple of years ago passed the religious freedom law that would uh, – um, basically keep you from having to go to the bathroom with someone not of your gender and other kinds of things, other conscience kind of things. The governor, the Republican governor at the time uh, with a Republican legislature still vetoed the bill because he was afraid of the business community. Brian Kemp with voter protections now said, You've not, you're not going to cross this line. I'm going to fight back about this. I'm not going to cave into you. And as we've seen, Ad in the paper, the all-star game being moved, all these kinds of things are being brought down on the people of Georgia um, as 
basically being the with businesses being the muscle for black uh, for the uh, the woke uh, community. Yeah, and there's there's always this false narrative that um, I, I talked about this a little earlier on the program. Um, as a top story of the week that, um, you, you had these fat cats on Wall Street who, uh, were all Republican, you know, didn't care about, uh, the mom and pops. They just wanted to, uh, make themselves, uh, more wealthy and protect, uh, their elitist status. And that was always one of the, uh, kind of the boogeyman out there that people would say Wall Street's bad, you know, the 99 percenters and all that garbage. Um, and we learned this week, I was sharing this with our listeners, that um, a record $2.9 billion in total political contributions uh, from Wall Street corporations were made during the last election cycle. That's $4 million a day for campaign contributions and lobbying. And we also saw that 53% or the bulk of that, the majority of that, went to Democrats. So, you know, that just, that's a hard statistic. That's a hard truth that um, I was really glad to see and to be able to talk about because, um, as I mentioned, it's just, it's been a, a false argument for years and years and years. And not only are we seeing it with their money, but uh, as, as you know, you just alluded to, we're seeing it with them putting pen to paper and um, basically pushing this agenda, even though I think people for the most part realize that companies should be neutral and definitely leadership and board of directors should be neutral and just focused on the company. But that's not what we're getting. No, and that's the kind of message that we take to Wall Street when we go to these shareholder meetings is that you got to realize, I mean, let's take the last election. 75 million people voted for the candidate who on the uh, on the right and that's 75 million consumers so they drink coke they buy shoes they go shopping at department stores and they do other things along the way use certain social media so to ally yourselves so heavily with one side you're not helping your reputation and you're setting yourself up for risks that you shouldn't need to take. We went for so long with a business community that just did business. They just sold the widgets that we wanted to buy. And, but now we have a system and the, the whole woke slow walk through the institutions that I mentioned, we've got a three front war on corporate America that is bringing about what we're seeing right now. We have it coming from the top down, from the executives. The executives are um, being, the, the boardrooms are becoming more liberal by the day. And so they're looking at, at uh, political policies. You've got the agitation of the employees in the company who have gone through the academy and are bringing and are, are considering themselves to be um, important people within the company, complaining to their bosses, threatening to quit and the Bosses don't want to have to rehire, so they'll go along with these things. And then you have the outside in, the the agitators from groups like As You So, who are investors. You get your green pieces, your human rights campaigns, your PETAs, and all your other left-wing groups who are um, agitating. And so 
by this three-front war, it's easy for the executives, if they aren't already on the side of the left, to just do what the left wants to, to get them off their back and to be able to to go out golfing at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a shame that they're so weak, um, but that's exactly what they are when they don't stand up. Uh, talking with our guest this morning, Mr. David Almasi, he's the vice president of the National Center for Public Policy Research. Um and, you know, I, I guess you mentioned all those things that these companies and corporate leaders and management uh, have opened themselves up to. At the National Center, what do you suggest to combat that? Are you guys for, um, you know, are you for boycotts? Are you for, you know, how do you address that? No, we're, we're for engagement because that's what we do. And it's something everyone can do. And we'll talk about that a little later. Um, companies. When it gets right down to it, they want good reputations. They want to avoid the risks. They want to avoid having to, to deal with, with criticism. So we say that if you're a consumer, you should go out there and you should tell the companies that you go to if you're unhappy with what's, what's going on. They can imagine that maybe you won't be a customer in the future. And I think that's more important than you saying, well, I'm not going to use you at all. Because if you say that you're not going to use that product at all ever again, then who cares? I mean, you're, you're not going to be you're not going to be their customer. Why should they bother with you? That's what we're seeing with the left. Is that normally you talk about shareholder interest? Com- companies have a fiduciary interest with the people who invest with them, the shareholders. But now the left is pushing this idea, and people like Larry Fink over at BlackRock and all these other uh, big CEOs are embracing the idea of stakeholder capitalism, meaning everyone from the consumer to the activist to, and down the line, I think, the investor, all these people should have a say in the company. So that means basically the investors get shut out and all these uh, left-wing causes are able to get a seat at the table that uh, they shouldn't normally. That's why it's important to keep on engaging, because if we don't, those people are just going to get permanent seats rather than hopefully this being a passing fancy of the corporate world. Yeah, good input, uh, input there and a nice explanation of how you guys do engage in the importance of it. Um, we're going to squeeze in a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more with my guest, Mr. David Almasi, um, about the piece uh, that he wrote, uh, making a difference with one share of stock. And uh, he'll give you that uh, insight as to how it all played out. And also, um, we'll let you know how to get the uh, find the article uh, for yourself so you can uh, read it and uh, be even more informed. And uh, that's what this program is about, as you know, just uh, getting the facts out there and helping people uh, to find the resources that are going to help them. We'll be back in just a minute. Talk Weekend on 9.30 WFMD. Welcome.
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, as a podcast, go to uh, iTunes and just uh, search your financial editor and it'll appear for you. Um, and you can re-listen to this program or you can share it with a friend who you think would benefit, uh, whatever suits you. You know, as I said, we're just here to help. Um, continuing our conversation with my guest this morning, Mr. David Almasi. He's the vice president of the National Center for Public Policy Research. And, um, he did a really interesting thing and wrote about it. And we're going to talk about that. Um, David, you know, you did this piece back on April 5th. Uh, making a difference with one share of stock. I actually saw it in the, uh, uh, the Daily Signal, which I get an email, uh, every morning and we, uh, are, are friends with a lot of the folks at the Heritage Foundation. Um, but tell us exactly how this played out for you. Well, um, what happened, people probably remember that, uh, Gina Carano, the actress, was, uh, fired from, by Disney from the Disney Plus show The Mandalorian. And she was fired ostensibly for sending out a tweet that um, said it had a picture of a woman being assaulted by Nazis back in the, the Holocaust, pre-Holocaust era. And it had a saying that people didn't hate or the, the Nazis just didn't come and, and take people away. They helped the people. They helped their neighbors hate their their other neighbors. And uh, so saying, like, don't let politics turn you into uh, someone who can basically bring apart a second Holocaust based on, on today's politics. She got fired for that. However, her, uh, her co-star, uh, Pedro Pascal, uh, had been doing things like that for a long time, comparing the Trump administration policies to the Nazi uh, regime, calling Trump supporters outright Nazis and things like that. So what I did was um which excuse me for interrupting but that is that is terribly unfair i mean you're talking about the exact same comparisons but one person loses their job and the other person doesn't exactly and they were they're they're both pretty integral to the show so i mean i'll it'll be interesting to see what happens uh how they write this person out of the, the the script but the other thing is is it shows it proves that hollywood has a blacklist against conservative performers. We've been saying this for years, and Hollywood has been bemoaning the fact that uh, 50 years ago, communists had trouble getting jobs openly in Hollywood. But now they seem to have no problem, and they're perpetuating the same sort of attitude towards anyone to the right of Bernie Sanders. So Disney had, had this obviously on their record. They're annual shareholder meeting comes up every company by law that is publicly traded puts out stock has to have a shareholder meeting has to report to its investors and that means everybody that owns stock everybody that owns as little as the headline said one share of stock i own a little bit more but um i everyone is invited to the shareholder meeting these days most shareholder meetings are being held virtually because of covid um in better circumstances, they're in-person meetings, and you could actually go face-to-face, see people, talk to them and all that. But what happened on this was I went to the Disney meeting. I uh, went to the, the uh, web portal platform, uh, said call a number, and what you could do is you could call a number, and the staff puts you in a queue to uh, ask questions and answers, which usually happen at the end of every shareholder meeting after their business 
after their financial report to investors. Then they'll take questions and answers from from the floor. And so I was able to get on there, fifth or sixth questioner, and said, hey, um, why are you allowing this blacklist to happen? Can you please answer this? And the CEO, Bob Chapek, one of the most important people in Hollywood, answered my question not well. He answered, he gave a pat answer that I think was prepared in advance by an attorney, but, and it just said, oh, we want diversity and inclusion, and we want to be representative of the many diverse voices in America and all that, but he didn't address the blacklist question. He didn't address why they felt that they could fire one person but not fire the other, and so that really didn't do him well. I mean, I think he went out of that uh, com- that question and answer thinking, well, I got rid of that. Next question. But the media, when they picked up on it, they they were even analyzing the way his voice cracked when I, after I'd asked the question. And it's a real David and Goliath moment that um, now I'm not going to pat myself on the back anymore. I'm going to tell you that you can do this, too. Anybody that owns a share of stock can go to a shareholder meeting you have to make sure you can ask the question. Um, that may mean jumping to the microphone in a, in a real meeting or just being very uh, perseverance in the, the uh, um, virtual format. But there's a chance that you can be able to speak to someone as high as Warren Buffett and ask him a question about his company or ask him a question about why he signed that letter about uh, the Georgia's election laws and get an answer. For a relatively uh, small uh, small amount of money, that eventually may turn a profit for you too. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and uh, congratulations on that. I mean, that was something that you know a lot of people. I think they probably were living vicariously through you, thinking, "Gosh, I wish <laughs> I had got that opportunity." But since I didn't, I'm glad someone else did. And, um, but and they can. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they were, you know, you get these people and call them to the mat, which is exactly what they need a lot more of instead of this, you know, these baby questions that uh, that are lobbed their way. So tell our listeners, how can they find the article and and read the the whole piece that you did on this? Well, uh, my last name is spelled A-L-M-A-S-I, and you can go to the Daily Signal site and search it that way. But also you can go to our websites. We have www dot national center dot org you can look for our free enterprise project and our conservative blog but you can also go to a new site that we're working on called stop dot com and you can find more about what a coalition of us are doing to try to bring corporations not to make them conservative not to convert them from liberal to conservatives but just to get to back to neutral to just as i said before make sell the widgets do a good job. I want to buy your sugary carbonated beverage of Coca-Cola. I don't want to be subsidizing your lobbying and your thoughts about election reform, which I, of course, think are wrong. Yeah, exactly. No. Well, thank you to you and um, all of your colleagues at the National Center. And um, for everybody listening, there, there are different uh, addresses put out, uh, onenationalcenter.org. Um, if you need me to recap that, just drop me an email, uh, let me know, and I'll make sure you get the information um, so that you can read the article. Uh, David, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. We appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate, as I mentioned, what you're doing, and just keep up the good fight. Thank you. Okay. Have a good rest of the weekend. And uh, that does it for us. Really interesting stuff. Go to nationalcenter.org.
dot org. And um, it's David Almasi, uh, and you'll find this making a difference with one share of stock, and um, and I think you'll really enjoy it. It was a great read, and 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 uh, and I think you'll see it that way also. Uh, that does it for us. I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with uh, Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. Uh, that's uh, Monday through Friday, uh, live five fifty six fifty seven fifty, and then we'll be back here next uh, Saturday. To talk again more about this same subject, uh, I'm going to have uh, another guest on that's done some good research on it, and we'll dive a little deeper. So uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. It was a perfect day for the end of May, they say a record high. Staring at that green water Went out of the blue And by surprise She had her feet up on the cooler As she put our love on ice She grabbed a beer Said I'm out of here And walked out of my life oh, That was a cold Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.